Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, it's Mike, and it's uh, old religion dystopia, knowing versus belief. And, uh, well, I'm having an impromptu interview with somebody that I'm, I've been uh, following lately. Um, his name is Dustin. He has a, a YouTube channel he just started, and it's called Crypto uh, PTSD. And uh, I will spell that correctly after the through our recording um yeah just got a call from from him and uh we're like let's do a show so all right man let's do it so um dustin how you doing man doing all right mike thanks for having me on yeah no problem man impromptu (laughs) show here uh um so i um yeah, it's been a weekend for me for three, four interviews. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, different topics, too. So, But this one, folks, uh, is we're going to be talking about um, a subject that uh, I, uh, I'm i interested in. I have uh, no personal experience in it. Mm. I, do, I, do ha- I do have a big brother who... who uh, swears that he um, and one of his sons saw uh, uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch um, in Northern California and saw them uh, it was moving and picking up a, a log across the river there. About the, this is in uh, I think uh, Butte County or um, it's close to Paradise and Chico, that area. Um, and quite a few reports of the sightings of Bigfoot. Now, I've spent time out there in the mountains, and the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me was some dude was growing pot, chased me off a mountain. I had no idea he was doing that with a shotgun. That's <laughs> 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 uh, about the closest thing that's ever happened to me, but it's always been an interesting topic for me. I think it's always been an interesting topic for everyone. Who learns about this? Um, maybe it's just a child. Um, and so I, I do. I want to interview folks who have this experience uh, because uh, you know, Dustin. There's there's quite a few folks that have this experience. And what intrigues me about you, man, is that you actually are so motivated that you started your own YouTube channel. Once again, it's called Crypto PTSD. It's on. Um, four videos so far and I've listened to all of them and uh, he's uh, so far he's been interviewing folks uh, near to him that have uh, similar experiences or who know him who don't have experiences I mean uh, episode three is a very interesting one where uh, he's interviewing a a friend of his who's a SWAT team member and 
and a guy that seems like he's no nonsense. And uh, although he, uh, you know, he, he questions what you saw, he still cared enough to, to come on the show. And um, I think that's, that's kind of this, these experiences that we do have, um, these, whatever it may be, um, I kind of doesn't want, wish I could have one, but then I listen to a guy like you and I go like, well, maybe I don't want to have one. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's, uh, it's one of those things, you know, I mean, if, um, yeah, I mean, I did as a young guy, I did quite a bit of camping, but I, I never, I guess maybe it was because it was never in the right location and I never went looking. So, but if you look at here in Ohio, man, we got the the grass man, or is what it's called, uh, the uh, uh, is it grass man. What is it called? It's grass something. It's uh in southern Ohio. Ohio grass man, I believe. Ohio grass man. And, and um, I, I need to get back and talk to another guy from uh, from Indiana. He swears he saw the Mothman. I'm going to be having an interesting interview um, later on this week about the, the Ohio Snake Mound and um, the Giants and all that of old. But um, there's still a lot. Of, there's still, you know what? I hope, I want to believe there are still great mysteries out there. It makes our life just a little more interesting. Um, but, you know, this, I find it very interesting that the... That, that, you know, an everyday guy like yourself is motivated to start doing a channel. Uh, I guess the first question I'd ask for you, Dustin, is why? What motivated you, on such a topic, to start a to start a YouTube channel that's based upon you know, basically Bigfoot right now, right? Yes, uh, I mean <clears throat> it's it's a little bit of everything, but so far I've only had Bigfoot encounters on the show. But uh, I, I guess what motivated me was kind of a combination of things. Um, my encounter in 2014, um, as I've said many times, it turned my world upside down. And I didn't get into it until the following deer season. I had a gut pile stolen, and uh, that that got me looking into it. But to be completely honest, um, the shock that... You know, in my family and my group of friends, I am one of two guys that if somebody has a question about firearms or hunting or animals, they come to me. And these very same people that would believe me if I said I saw a a 100-point buck that had a skunk's tail, you know, but yet they they didn't believe me when I said I saw a Bigfoot. And, you know, that that shocked me because these people know me. Um, they trust me. They trust me with their, their kids, their wallets, you know. But yet me saying that I, I saw something that is out of the realm of possibility, um, they, they just couldn't swallow it. And then I quickly learned that not only did I have a blindfold on my entire life, but the society does as a whole. And the only way these things could 
get away with this is if they hid in plain sight. Um, and so I started looking very close to home, around towns, uh, at gun ranges, and I found obvious sign that people just never see because I've learned that just like a motorcycle, you know, why are there so many motorcycle fatalities each year? Uh, because people aren't looking for them, so they hit them. They're looking for cars. Well, it's the same thing. You don't see what you're not looking for. And if you, like when I saw what I saw, I thought it was a monster. I didn't know it was a Bigfoot. I had nothing in my brain that I could compare it to. And, you know, I, I saw Finding Bigfoot in the TV shows, but it, it wasn't real. You know, it wasn't here at my home. I I did nothing wrong. I just drove home one night and it changed changed my life forever. So I, I guess that would be the motivation behind it is that I saw that, you know, my, my loved ones and, you know, people who see cryptids, they suffer uh, because they get put in a box. And in that box, they're, they're by themselves. And a lot of them don't ever find help or don't ever deal with it. And uh, two, that these things are literally right around civilization and they hide in plain sight. And it's so obvious once you start looking and seeing certain things that you can take people out and, you know, show them, explain this to me. How did this happen naturally? And you start to see their eyes open. So I guess those would be the, the two reasons uh, behind my motivation for starting the show. Yeah, I, I mean, I've had personal experiences in my life that, that definitely – uh, the trauma of it is uh, the shocking <laughs> uh, incidents uh, has changed my life and redirected me. So I can understand um, there's a lot of things that are hidden in plain sight. And so it seems that we're you know, conditioned and uh, trained to look for such things. It's uh, only through opening one's eyes, like you said, and, and, and looking. You know, as a young guy, as a young Boy, I trapped and hunted, and um, but I, I never experienced anything that was quite like what you experienced. Uh, I mean, a gut pile just disappears. <laughs> yeah, explain that. I, I, I can't, <laughs> but you can uh, tell us. You know, it, it, it's a guy like you. You just had an interview with somebody else who's very interesting. Is Mark? Uh, Zasky, is that how you pronounce the last name? Yes, Zasky. yes. And he's down in Florida, and I guess the you know the different type of uh, a, a different variety of this type of creature. And um, I, you know, I guess the first question I want to ask you: um, Do you think that this is a uh, an animal, biological animal, or do you think it could be something else, like some kind of? I know it's kind of sounds so strange, but you know, you've heard it, I'm sure already, if you've paid attention to what's going on. There are folks out there that feel it could be something sp like a spiritual, some kind of other dimensional type of creature. Uh, but uh, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll start off by saying that this is just my opinion, and my opinion, as I, I get into this further, will grow and change. Um, so anybody that has a opinion on the other side of the fence. Uh, don't don't hate me. I 
you know, we need we need both sides to keep each other honest and, and to actually get somewhere with this. But um, my my true opinion is that these are animals. Uh, now I've I've heard them speak. I do believe they are. Uh, I've always thought of them as kind of a ape 2.0. You know, they're they're a lot like an ape, but they're something else. Um, they they're more intelligent. They have speech. Now, uh, orcas, you know, uh, killer whales, they they have language. Uh, the scientific community is reluctant to say anything other than human beings use language, but there's every indication that they use language. And, you know, or, orca whales, they, they hunt uh, humpback whales, baby humpback whales, and they have different pods from different parts of the world that speak different languages, but yet they, they are able to come together and hunt together and communicate with each other. So, I mean, just that intelligence is amazing, you know. That, that's something that we, we don't understand. And I, I believe that these things ha- have a language. They, they have speech. I've heard it. it. It was not just grunts or moans. I mean, it was definitely saying something to me. And... um I, I believe that they they may be uh, human-like. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, DNA-wise, if they're more of an ape or a human or something else. That I don't know. But I do believe 100% they are an animal. Uh, they leave tracks. And I know a lot of people say, you know, when they're traveling through portals, that they choose to leave those tracks to throw you off or to get your attention. But... Um, you know, even though you don't have a perfect footprint, you have what's called sign. And if you've done any tracking, sign could be a rock flipped over to where you can see the wet side of the rock that's been stuck in the ground and something walked past and flipped it over and now it's up. Or it could be, you know, leaves that have been pressed against the earth, uh, you know, towards the end of the winter or the beginning of the spring. And when something walks through there, it makes a little scuff marks you know if you're following a trail if you're a good enough tracker you can continue to follow it you know unless these things you know jump up in a tree or jump over to the side but um that's one thing i've been working on lately is tracking these things and i i do believe 100 percent that they they are a living breathing flesh and blood creature um and I, I don't think that there's anything paranormal about them. And again, I could be wrong. You know, I'm new to this, but that as of right now is my opinion. But those that have other opinions, I'm not going to shun or turn down. You know, I, I want everybody to come on the show no matter what they think. Sure. Yeah. This could be probably a poor analogy, but it's from my base, based on my my own personal experience that Let's talk about like a flying squirrel. I don't know. Have you ever seen a flying squirrel hunting and all that kind of stuff or at night? You seen one? Do you even have it in Missouri? Because here we have what's called no. a flying squirrel. We don't have flying squirrels here, but I've seen videos of them. But no, we don't have them here in Missouri. So here's the thing. Uh, it's, 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 it's probably not the greatest of examples, but, it's, it, but it, it is a good example because it's uh, if one just simply does a little bit of research of uh, the wildlife of the area that that you're from, and where I'm from, in northern Ohio, we have flying squirrels. And I've actually, at night, went out deliberately to try to find one. And um, couldn't find one. 
But I did find one. One day I was standing at the, the back porch of my mom's place, and I looked up, and right there in the tree was a flying squirrel looking at me, this little thing with its big eyes, you know. And it's like, oh, my gosh, there really is a flying squirrel. And But most people in, in where I live, if you would tell them, um, did you know that there's flying squirrels around here? They would say no. Yep. They wouldn't have an idea. So if something that is basically common knowledge should be common knowledge to those uh, or at least uh, if they were interested, would find out or, um, where most people don't even know it exists. Well, why could something like this be the case too? The biggest thing, I guess, would be for many people is it's why is there no photographs and all that kind of stuff, which is a big question that needs to be asked, you know. But saying that, that doesn't mean diddly squat because there are there's still things out there that uh, that the you know cameras just don't pick up very well. So, and we're talking about creatures that are usually found in the woods. I know there's a lot of people out there that are faking it and making a joke out of it. You can go buy a suit if you want, but I don't think you had that experience. If you did, <laughs> and this is what you're trying to do to find attention, um, you know. Uh, yeah, you might want to see a shrink. <laughs> exactly. You might really want to see a shrink for the fact that you're faking this stuff. You know? yeah. Is this the best way to get attention? You know what I mean? I don't think yeah. so. So, let's 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 let me uh, ask you to to share your because uh, you've had several experiences. It sounds like so. What, what was the very first time that you started to notice there was something not quite right? in your environment <laughs> what was around you well i will say um I'll, I'll talk about my my sighting but even after my sighting i didn't i i didn't put the pieces together um i i didn't until that gut pile got stolen and then i realized uh, once the blindfold was lifted that i've had experiences my entire life um and that's part of me doing, you know, the first three shows I did is, you know, to try to jog people's memory because, you know, if you hunt or spend time in the woods, I can almost guarantee, you know, you've had something odd that's happened to you and you've probably forgotten about it because you just chalked it up to, well, that, that was odd and, and went on about your day because you couldn't explain it. Um, yeah. And, you know, now that I, <laughs> once I saw what I saw, it, uh, it brought me back. So I've had stuff happen before, but um, getting to my sighting in 2014, um, I I will keep it short, so I won't go into as many details. Um, you can take as much time. You can take as much time as you want. Okay. Well, this this, uh, uh, this is this is uh, your moment. So <laughs> one of your moments, and I don't want you to feel like you're constrained about anything. So. There's no commercials. <laughs> okay. Well, Not doing it for money. So. <laughs> in 2014, I was coming home one night, and I was driving down the driveway, and it was a – our driveway is almost a quarter mile long. It's a pretty long driveway. Um, it leads to the, the door of our house, and it's shaped like a hook. At the point of the hook is where our driveway is where the house sits. So you park at the point of that hook, 
and then get out and you walk in the garage door and then walk through the garage and walk into the kitchen. And I, I'd done this a thousand times. I'm an avid hunter and uh, outdoorsman. So every single night, I, whenever I would round the curve of the hook, uh, before the curve, I would veer over to the right side of the road. And I would do that because the path continues to go straight and leads over into our east field. Um, so uh, this was a nightly ritual. I would veer over to the right side of the road to keep my headlights down there on the path as long as possible. And if I saw nothing, I'd cut it real sharp. And most of the time, I've worn out a spot in the grass from doing it so much. So I, I was doing what I always do, <laughs> driving down the driveway. <clears throat> I'm in an 89 GMC pickup. And I see something dart across the path. Um, it was a brownish color. And there was like a little glint. I mean, just a glint of eye shine that was like a reddish color. And it, it just darted across the path. So immediately I think deer, but at the same time, like, you know, when you have a thought in your head and you're like, you know, it's wrong. And it's like you're debating in your head. But <laughs> so I saw it, but I, I knew it wasn't a deer because it looked thicker and it was very smooth and the locomotion of it was smooth. So when deer run, they, they bounce, you know, and this thing just boom, shot across the path. And but I, I'm thinking deer. And so I'm coming to a stop and I over on the right, there's a semi-truck trailer, and I'm seeing something flashing, okay? Well, it looks like two eggs that are that are kind of flashing. And so my mind immediately thought the reflective tape off of the trailer has come loose, and it's flopping in the wind. But I could see that what, what I was looking at was two eyes, and these eyes were about eight inches apart and they were about the size of hen's eggs and this thing was standing and ducking looking at me and looking across the path and jerking back and forth all in a very fluid very fast and very jerky motion it's hard to explain um it, it's like how a bird moves its head like a chicken moves its head it's very jerky but it's also smooth um, and at, at first my, my brain was trying to put it together and all I'm seeing is kind of this flashing while well, I'm noticing its eyes because as it looks at me and looks across the path, I can see it has a flat face because when it looks across the path, I don't see the eyes anymore. And like with a deer or a horse or a cow, when they look at you, you see both eyes, and they turn 90 degrees and look the other way. You can still see one eye because their eyes are on the side of their head. Predator's eyes are on the forward facing and on the front of the face. Well, this thing is doing that, and the whole sighting was maybe seven seconds. It, it seemed like a lot longer, but it, it was only about seven seconds, uh, which actually is a long time. Like if you sit and count to seven it, you realize it's a lot longer than you think, but at the last second, it's about midway in its stance, and it turns and squares up to me and stands fully erect, as erect as it got. And as soon as it stood all the way up and was squared up to me, it paused 
for a brief second and then just shrunk down and disappeared. Now, it had to have went to the right because the trailer and then there's a, a fence, a grass field, and a hauler over there. And to the left is the open path. I would have seen it if it would have went to the left. Before we go any further, uh, explain to yeah. us flat flatlanders what a hauler is. Okay, a hauler, I believe, I said in another interview, it was from uh, water drainage, but that's not it. I believe it's from the tectonic plates. Uh, there's a fault line, and I, I think that that's what causes the foothills of Missouri. But basically, if you take two pieces of, of tin foil or metal and you push them together to where they start crinkling, that is what the land looks like where I live. So a so it's hauler... Like a, it's, like, it's like a deep ravine that usually has exactly. some kind of stream or in it or something like that, some kind of drainage type thing. Yeah, okay. Yes, a lot of them don't have any water, but if it rains, yes, the water does go down there and then drain off. But um, now, a lot of them how, do have streams, but a, a lot of them don't as well. Now, how high are the, the sides of most of these howlers? <clears throat> oh, they vary. I mean, they're they're not mountains. They feel like a mountain because they can be steep, but um, a couple hundred feet. Now, the more the farther south you go in Missouri, the bigger they get. Uh, kind of northern Missouri is more flat. Central and southern is is where it starts getting really hilly. But probably a couple hundred feet uh, where I'm at is is average. So it's probably kind of similar to uh, southern Ohio and. And and Kentucky, that kind of thing. So yeah, okay, maybe. So you you probably have well, no, you, a lot of trees, right? Yes, yeah. yeah okay. The haulers are usually covered in trees. All right, man. We'll continue with your story. I sorry, I just wanted to make sure because you know, haulers. Okay. That's 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 yeah. A, that's, a, that's a term <laughs> from your neck of the woods, not my neck of the woods. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, <clears throat> the eyes they they started off like a. A kind of a, a white, I'm not good with explaining color, but a, a whitish yellow. And then by the end, they were like, and I know this isn't going to make sense, but it was like a brownish orange or kind of a reddish orange. Um, and I don't think that they changed. People have asked me, well, is it because it was mad it changed? No, I honestly think it was because of I don't know if it was because of my eyes adjusting or because of the angle and when it finally squared up to me. But what I remember the most is the, the brownish orange kind of reddish color. Um, but when, once it squared up and stopped and when it paused is when my brain, the whole time my brain, I guess, was trying to put together this outline. And I saw that there was a body there. But until it squared up to me, and paused that was the first time i saw the entire outline and like it sunk in that i was looking at the biggest thing i'd ever seen in my life i mean this thing was a giant and when you say big I, how, how tall you think it was i would I, say and how far away was it you, you think well i so since then um i mean between 40 and 60 yards it, it was close, and my, it was my, my half a half a football field type of yeah, thing. So yeah, and I had a high beams, and I don't know if you've ever driven an '89 GMC pickup, but they've got really good high beams. And I don't know why I didn't see more detail. I I don't, but that that's that's what I saw. Now, the outline, the head on this thing was massive. Um, 
it it was massive. It was a rounded head, which is unusual because most people say that they're coned. But I didn't see any sort of, I mean, it was no more coned than my head is. You know, there's a slight arc there, but it, it was rounded. It wasn't coned. And yeah. the Male, shoulders. Human uh, males have a bit of a, a, uh, a slant, if you will, going back on our foreheads. It makes a difference for females have a more straightforward forehead. You know, uh, vertical. Ours has a leans back a little bit. So, <clears throat> just, I don't know if you knew that, but that's. Well, that's uh, that's kind of what I I I saw. I mean, it, which it, could which could mean that actually what you were looking at maybe not been a uh, might not have been a male. It might have been a female. I don't know. It it could be. it, it might have been. Um, if it was, I mean, she was in good shape. <laughs> I imagine. She, whether it's female or male, they're going to have to be extremely good shape for how they move and how the environment and uh, yeah, they're going to have to be nothing but lean machines, man, muscles, you know. Absolutely, I mean, this thing's shoulders. Um, if if you take your hand and you put it on the part of your arm that you would get a shot in at the doctor, I don't know what that muscle's called, but the muscles on this thing right there were so large and like this is what my brain like focused on because it looked so awkward it was so big and it it was rounded like a basketball like it wasn't it didn't you know arc at the top and then flatten out on the sides and then arc back up in at the bottom i mean it was a circular shape just like a ball and at the bottom it even curved back up when it went up into the body I mean, it was it was huge. It was at least half the width of my truck. I mean, I say it 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 was four feet wide at least across. Like I felt like this thing could have flipped my truck over. It could have ripped my door off. It could have it could have done anything it wanted to do. It was that big. Yeah. I can only I can't imagine it. So, but it must have been something like watching um, a sci-fi movie, almost. You know, some yeah. kind of. Uh, it was. I imagine it was extremely surreal uh, when you were looking at that. Uh, uh, I can, what what was going through your head, man? I mean, obviously you, were, you said you've seen this thing that's the biggest thing you've ever seen, and it's this huge monster. I remember uh, thinking about my pistol. And that's interesting. Rem- <laughs> that's logical. That is a very yeah. logical response, yeah. I mean, I don't know what this would have done, but when you're in a high-stress situation like that, I, you have one thought, but that one thought is actually three different thoughts that you understand just with that one thought. Now, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like your brain is so fast when your adrenaline's pumping that it's flight, flight, it's fight and flight response. And it is. Uh, yeah, you're you're your immediate danger, and what do I do at this moment? Uh, exactly. And like I some, thought, like some dudes, or you know, I remember this young man. I was uh, ganged up by uh, some dudes from a different high school. They were like rustlers. And, uh, yeah, I can. I already know. I know, but it's like, oh my gosh, I'm in deep trouble here. Well, I'm going to get myself out of this. 
And uh, in the end, I had to fight someone and beat the snot out of them, sent them to the hospital for three weeks. But I'm not, too proud about, not too proud about that experience. It was actually the last time I ever got in a fight. It was a very tra- it traumatized me. It really yeah. did. Because uh, uh, first I tried to get out of the situation. And I and imagine you're like thinking, okay, I'm in trouble here. Uh, yeah. What am I going to do? Um, can I, you know, and of course it's, uh, such a short amount of time too. So what's what I find fascinating too, is guys like you and gals, they have this experience, a lot of such a short amount of time, but yet it, re, it's, it's emblazed into your memory and your psyche. And, um, so obviously what you were seeing was something that was incredibly frightening. Um, and it's all right to you know is to say that you're 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 frightened you know it's <laughs> being normal man that's I've a never, natural response so I've never been that scared in my life I can honestly say that I know a lot, it's a lot of people too when they see something like that they get so traumatized they you know it drives them to tears and everything he's like wait a minute I need to see here so uh, uh so um. Yeah, tell us more about this. So you see this, he's about 50 yards away. You know, it's, I imagine it's hard to really say. It was far enough away that he probably didn't get a great detail, uh, but uh, at the same token, uh, it was close enough that you're like, you recognize you're looking at something huge. Um, and I imagine that, uh, I can't even imagine what you're going through. <laughs> <laughs> So I originally us, what, what, what were you going through and more tell us more about this moment here because, um... so whenever I thought and I don't think I've ever talked about this before whenever I thought about my pistol I kept it in the glove box of my truck and so the the reason I said all that about when your adrenaline's pumping you have one thought it's actual multiple thoughts when when the thought came in my head of my pistol these are everything that I didn't think about in order. I just knew, but it's hard to explain. It's like your thoughts get layered, and you you can cram them and understand them as one thought when your adrenaline's pumping. But I thought about my pistol, and I thought, okay, I'm going to have to lean over, undo it, and pull my pistol out but I know my adrenaline's pumping so I'm probably going to lean farther than I mean to so I'm going to have to keep my arm up higher for me overcompensating and leaning too far that way I don't miss the drawer and I can get my hand in there to get the pistol out like I thought all of that when I thought pistol Um, it was plus you're you're in a truck you're not in a small car now so it's yeah, and I didn't I didn't get my pistol. It it went down and it it must have went to the right. Um but it was I mean <laughs> I'm it's hard to compare it to another another experience because there's just nothing that even even comes close. And I've had other encounters, you know, come to find out that these things were around this property and we had been dealing with them for a while and just didn't know it. Um, but nothing came close. I mean, when you see it, it, it's a humbling event because you realize 
you are, you know, I was arrogant enough to believe that I was the biggest, baddest thing in the woods. When I stepped into them, I am the, the alpha predator, you know. Anything out there, if it wants to mess with me, is going to have a bad day. But when I saw this, I mean, it's, you realize that you're, you might as well be an ant, you know. And, and this thing can literally do with you as it pleases. It, uh, I don't know, man. Thinking about it now, it's it's hard to put into words, but it, it it changed my life, and it changed my life in a negative way for a very long time. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, tell us how did it how did it change your life in a very negative way? Oh, well, how what was it? I mean, uh, <clears throat> I'm well. I imagine it's one of those experiences. At first, you're like. Who can I talk to about this? You know, uh, anybody, anybody can believe me. Do I believe what just happened? Type of thing. And uh, then there's, there seems like a lot of times too. There's like uh, a psychological or spiritual experience that the people have, where they um, they are, are so uh, traumatized by this this moment uh, um, uh, that they just. Uh, they change forever um, type of thing, you know. Like you said, it was a humbling experience, but it's it's more than that. It's almost like, a, well, uh, I mean, you know, when you're threatened, when you're in a life-threatening situation and, and something happens, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you know, no guys, buddies were over Iraq or whatever. They come back and... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, like my dad. My dad was in the Korean War, and he had to go through what happened with the a million Chinese chasing him down, <laughs> and all that. What he saw that day was the worst carnage and bloodshed of it. And he was never the same. It totally screwed him up. I had a dad that was just a mess because of it. He's passed away a couple of years ago. So, and and I know it's not quite. Some people say, well, that's not quite the same thing as seeing you know people's heads being chopped off and you know <laughs> you don't have to run over your own guys when you're in a tank yeah. and all that kind of stuff but uh, the thing is um, but with this experience it's something that's so short but yet psychologically changes so many people yes uh, and uh, and it's it, it, and I know it's going to be hard for most people to believe that it could be the same magnitude as what my father went through but it seems to be the case to being darn close to the fact that how it actually really changes you. I mean, it really, uh, you know, some people just uh, will never ever go back back in the woods again for, because of it. Some people will need, will, um, will close up. I mean, I, I, can, I, I don't even know. I mean, I mean, do you even have get a couple, possibility to see a shrink and talk about it. What would they think of you? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So. It's, uh, the, it, and it's odd. If before this happened, whenever I heard, you know, oh, well, so-and-so had a traumatic experience and they blocked it out, you know. It, it was usually involved with somebody getting in trouble and then, oh, they, you know, I did not believe that was a real thing. And I'm not saying that's what happened to me, but for about a year, I didn't didn't think about it. 
didn't deal with it. I, I, it's like, I, I don't know. I didn't think about it until my gut pile got stolen. And then when my gut pile got stolen, uh, the following deer season, that is when I started dealing with, uh, the problems. And for me, one of the worst things, and just like this deer season, before this deer season, uh, I, I had a, a nightmare, and it's a nightmare where I, I wake up screaming. Um, but once I started looking into this, I started having nightmares. I started having, obviously, couldn't go out in the woods. Um, it took some family members, uh, you know, kind of telling me, you know, Dustin, you need to get dust yourself off get back up on this horse this is a part of life this is something you're going to have to get over even those that didn't believe that i saw what i saw they knew something was wrong with me because i stopped shooting i'm a competitive shooter uh that literally was my life i that was my favorite thing to do and you know when my family members saw you know he won't even do that there there's something wrong with him and uh you know after the gut pile got stolen that that got me digging into this and actually um, a family member was with me when that happened and that that's that's it's like I unlocked Pandora's box with that you know wanting to figure out what happened there and then I told my family what happened the previous summer I either summer or just before summer um and and they didn't believe me. And even the guy who was with me during the gut pile uh, getting taken didn't believe me until I told him. I'm like, man, do you remember the gut pile? And he goes, oh, my gosh. And then he started looking at it with more, and then he ended up having experience out there. And then my family started having all these other experiences. And um, But, yeah, it, it it changed my life in a negative way. And it has, uh, it even got to the point to where whenever I was working, uh, let's say I'm working in the shop and somebody says my name and I know they're in the shop with me. Okay. Until I lay eyes on them. Like, you know, let's say it's my dad. He's like, Hey son, you in here? Like, yeah, dad, I'm over here. And then like he walks around a corner, I jump. Like, I know he's there, I know he's coming, he's talking to me, but I would still jump. And that was an odd thing that I didn't didn't know what was going on. I was so jumpy all the time, and I, I couldn't figure it out. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm better now, but I honestly think that the only thing that helps is, is talking about what happened to people who understand or have had the same type of experience experiences but it it affected me in a lot of different ways and i know there's people out there saying this guy's a sissy well i might be but i will say that this is the first time in my life that i was faced with something that i had to truly overcome and i'm not talking about puberty getting dumped asking a girl out you know normal stuff i'm talking about i wanted to crawl in a hole and die versus step back out in the woods and continue to do what I love. It was the first time. And until you're faced with that, you know, it's easy to point a finger, but, um, I, I'll tell you what, before what happened to me, 
I would be one of those guys. I'd be laughing at me right now saying that guy's a sissy. Nothing could take what I love to do away from me. Like, just get over it. Uh, I understand. And, you know, I don't I don't blame people who, who will ridicule me over it because, uh, you know, they haven't experienced what I have. And um, I was the same guy, you know, before what happened happened. Well, you know, this realm and plane of existence that we are uh, part of, uh, is there's a lot of things that we think we know uh, and things like, like, there's a lot of things like, you sound like a young man, uh, that today that you believe in, that uh, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you're, you're going to realize, well, it's wrong. It's exactly. just part of life. It's just part of life. And you just had a life-changing ex- life, uh, experience. Uh, I imagine... If I were you, uh, and that happened, I would be constantly looking over my shoulder. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, <laughs> "What's going on? There's something out there in that door. Uh, what's going on?" Uh, you know, I think twice whenever I go out to the front porch. You know, <clears throat> and I, I think that's just a natural response to, to an experience like that. It's very logical and very uh, instinctual and uh, rational response uh, if if you <laughs> responded in the other way i would be kind of questioning you and your sanity first of all because uh, <laughs> we're talking about something that's huge so yeah let's talk about the gut pile thing how did this happen uh and what you know how did it just win and how did it or i guess okay. how is not how is not the right word but uh the question would be just explain this experience that you had to the best of your ability. Okay, so this happened um, literally within 20 yards of where the creature was standing and ducking and looking at me and looking across the field at. Um, now, that's where I gutted the deer. And I will do my best to keep from getting into gory details, but it's hard to explain this thoroughly without getting into some of them. So I'll spare you from what I can, but uh, no, I know there's people as, out there can, that don't you like You can it. be as, as gory as you want. Don't worry about it. Okay. This is, this is, this is, we're, we're out here to, to find out the truth. You okay, I mean? so. We want to know. So. <laughs> okay. I, it was the following deer season, and I, I was going to go hunting. Um, I believe I came back for... I think my grandfather was in the hospital, and I could be wrong on that. But I came back to town, and I wanted to go deer hunting. Well, I I took my cousin with me, and looking back, I I <laughs> it was way late. Like by the time we would have got to the woods, it would have been dark. Um, but I I wanted to go out, and I don't know if I was doing that subconsciously or what, but it, it was late. We're getting dressed. And so to get out to the field, I have to walk out the front door, walk to the right of the shop, and then walk down that path that that thing was on, and that path takes me to the east field. Then I have to walk across the field and get in the woods. So my cousin and I are starting our, our walk, walk out, and we walk across or across the driveway around the shop, and we are literally standing right next to where the the encounter happened that and i'm talking to my cousin because he's new to hunting 
you know, I'm explaining some things to him, and uh, he says, hey, Dustin, are there horses in that field over there? And there's cattle over there, but no horses. And I'm like, no, you know, there's cattle. He's like, well, then is that a buck? And I look up, and there's this buck running across the field. So I, I grunt at it doesn't hear me it was a windy day i grunt again doesn't hear me and so i basically just yell a grunt out and it hears me and stops well i i shoot him and got him went over drug him up and around to the fence there and then put him in the back corner there where i started to gut him i i pull out his guts and the guts are very clean unless you gut shot a deer or you um, do a bad job at gutting them, uh, guts inside the body are actually clean. There's not blood all over them like horror, horror movies would lead you to believe. So I pull them out, and then I get to the uh, diaphragm, or there's tissue that separates your guts from your heart and your lungs. And I had I had shot him in the heart, and so his chest cavity was filled with blood. And so I... The heart's my favorite part of the meat uh, on the deer. And so I, I get that out, and I pull everything out of there, and I flip the deer over to drain the blood out next to the gut pile. Go inside to get a sharper knife, and then I'm going to have my cousin and I, we're going to pull our trucks, my truck, his car down to uh, shine the lights on the deer because it's dark. And so we walk up to the house, which is right there, uh, I put the heart up, get a sharper knife, get in our trucks, and we were gone no longer than 10 minutes. Um, pull back down there, uh, grab the deer, we drag them closer to the path so our lights can hit it. And uh, I'm <clears throat> sitting there, and I, I cut off a part of the deer, and I, I hand it to my cousin, and it was the male part of the deer and I crack a joke, you know, and I'm like, you know, throw this in the gut pile and he goes over there and he's standing there while I'm trying to, uh, finish what I'm doing with the deer and the leg keeps flopping in my way. So I'm like, Hey, will you come hold this apart? That way, you know, I can finish chopping the pelvis here. And he's just standing there and he's like, Dustin, where's the gut pile? I'm like, what are you talking about, man? It's right there. And he's like, no, it's not. And so I was aggravated because I'm like, how can he not see this? Like, there's a huge gut pile over there next to a huge puddle of blood. And so I walk over there and look, and the gut pile is gone. And so the reason I went into the gory details is because we drained the – we flipped the deer over – uh, to drain the blood out next to the gut pile. And now that the gut pile is gone, you can see a crescent shape from where the puddle had ran up to the gut pile. And now that the gut pile is gone, it's seeping in and it's filling, you know, filling that shape in. And it was gone. And uh, when I say gone, it, there were not bits and pieces everywhere. There were, was not a drag mark. There was not nothing it was 100% like it was lifted and taken away. And when we went inside to go get the knife, I shut the gate. And so this gut pile was fenced in all the way on all four sides. 
a four or five wire bob wire fence. I believe it's a five wire bob wire fence because they use it for putting the cows in with calves and you know they have more wires on there that way the calves can't get out and so i mean it's a good fence too it's not like an old fence but it's fenced in on all four sides and he's like what could have done this and i'm like dude just don't don't worry about let's just let's just load them up and go and so we load them up i take them and then um i get back and when i get back i take a flashlight and i start walking circles around because i'm i'm like i'm i gotta figure this out because i'm like okay if coyotes took it you know coyote kills are brutal they have bits and pieces over like a hundred yard area and they drag it and fight over it if a bear or a mountain lion which we don't have black bear in this area i think there's been maybe two sightings in like the last 50 years i've never seen one and i've never seen sign of one in Missouri, but if a bear or mountain lion, black bear or mountain lion, would have eaten this, even then, I, I you know, they would have moved it, they would have shredded it, you know, it there would I, be I, some sign. Dustin, Dustin, how far away were you from this gut pile when it disappeared? When I walked inside, um, probably seventy steps to the front door. Okay, so you're you. It happened while you were inside. Yeah, or walking away. <laughs> I mean, it was... Well, I'm just, I, I'm just I, trying to... Because if it was a coyote or a bear or, or a mountain lion, you would hear them. Absolutely. Clearly, you would have heard... So it was even more mysterious about this whole thing is you didn't hear what happened. So whatever took it away had to be big enough to take it away and also be as agile as it could be. Yes, it's and seems to describe this this creature that you're talking about. So my my whole thought with it when I got back is because I was thinking, you know, on my way back, I'm like, okay, you know, deer or coyote, bobcat, mountain lion, bear, either they ate it there, which I don't believe happened because that's pretty much impossible in the amount of time. Or they drug it off, and the only way they could have drug it off is drug it up to the fence, went under the fence, and then pulled it through. So I'm going to see drag marks, and so that was my theory. So when I was walking circles, really, I, I just couldn't wait to get to the fence line because I knew I was going to find sign there. And I <laughs> walked the fence line and probably, you know, ten paces out from the fence. And there was not a single drop of blood. There was not a single shred of anything, a dread drag mark. And so to me, whatever did this picked it up and stepped over the fence because the blood had ran up to one side of the gut pile. So if it put it on the ground, the grass there was yellow. You know, it, it's November. The grass was yellow. Blood sticks out. I mean, it, it's you can't miss it. So whatever did this had to have walked over or lifted the gut pile over the fence in order to not, you know, leave the sign on the ground from dragging it underneath. And that's what baffled me. I couldn't understand that. So getting after that happened, 
I, I had to figure out what did it. And that is the first time that I started thinking about what had happened to me and what what this might be, that this might be connected to it. The large drunk guy running around our property at night talking might be connected to it. The loud bangs on the house might be connected to it. <laughs> okay, I let's mean, talk a little it, bit about this large drunk guy that you're talking about. Here. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, pretty bizarre. I mean, how far away are you from other, uh, are you, do you close to, uh, anybody to even have a large drunk guy be roaming around? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> it's, uh, we're right on the outside of town and we are outside of town. And at the beginning of our driveway, there's uh, a couple of houses, but then the rest of the driveway, I mean, we're all sitting out there on our own. And so for somebody to come down to our property at night, uh, if they drive their car down, we know they're there. Um, you know, people don't drive down our road to turn around. You know, if somebody comes down, it's either somebody we know or somebody that's up to no good. And so it's kind of a convenient thing for, like, security of your home because the driveway leads to our house. And we're far enough away that if, our neighbors don't ever mess, you know, we're friends with all our neighbors. It's kind of the rural, um, since, you know, everybody's friends, everybody helps everybody. That's kind of what it's like out here. And, um, it, it could have been sure. Absolutely could have been, but the, I, we, what we didn't understand is why if somebody was sneaking down there at night, would they not steal anything? Would they not move anything? Would they not try to break in the house? But they would talk outside and give away their presence. Like now, you say, we are you talking about? Who are you talking about? We use we. My family members. So I. So so, so they a, they they heard the 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 voices too. That's what you're saying. Uh yeah my my mom heard it one time, uh, and that was the second time that I heard it. Um, the first time was, uh, I mean, everybody, I, I got everybody up in the house because I thought there were intruders and me and my stepdad got our guns and went outside, didn't see anybody. So got my nephew and my mom, we all got in the car and we drove around the property looking for somebody. That's the first time it happened. So that's when I say we, cause we were trying to figure out what was going on. You know, we had no idea. And this was before what I saw in 2014. Right. Okay. Well, so, so that alone would be awfully freaky. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you're hearing voices outside your, your home, and uh, it's sounding like a drunk man, which is very interesting in itself. So, A large it, drunk guy is what we, we coined it. Large because of how deep the voice was, and drunk because it sounded like he was he was speaking English, but I could never understand what he was saying. And, you know, the first time he was within no further than four feet from me, he was just on the other side of a wall. <laughs> it's, uh, how many times did you hear that voice? Have you heard it since the, the, incident, the incident of the cup pile? Yeah. So I've, I've heard it speak four times on two different occasions. 
the third the second occasion it spoke three times the first occasion it spoke once well if if uh yeah and so it must have been pretty loud for you to hear it uh, from the inside uh, yes. uh, um, it it shook the walls when it spoke the hallway wall oh that's that's pretty loud <laughs> yeah it's interesting why do why do you think it's it's focusing on your house are you guys you, uh, is there something there that they that it wants food wise or anything like that i I don't know, and that's something I have spent many nights up late thinking about the only thing that I can think is that all the other houses at night were are lit up. Sometimes this house was, except it had very large, dark areas. And a lot of the time, my stepdad wouldn't keep any of the lights on. And so unless you knew there was a house down there, if you were at the very beginning of the driveway, you would never know there was a house down there. Because with no lights on, I mean, it's just pitch black. Because we're basically, like, the houses, there's a couple of houses at the beginning of the driveway, and then it's like my stepdad built a house in the middle of a field, you know, it, it's so it, it's off on its own. And I don't know if it's because they feel comfortable because it's farther away from the other houses and they get bored. And so they mess with us. And one thing I do know for sure that I will argue with people about is once I believe once they know that, you know, that they're there. It, it's it that changes the game because they come after you. It, they mess with you. It's like when they know you know they're there, that you're the target of their little six sadistic games that they play. Which is very interesting. It's almost like they uh, maybe have some kind of psychic abilities that they, uh, <clears throat> or maybe not. I don't know. Is it? Well, why would they do that? Why do you think they would do that? From, I, I don't know. I've I've thought about it a lot. Like I'm a middle child, so my older brother knew he was five years older than me. So that that's a pretty big difference. I was never able to physically dominate him. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. And he and his two friends beat the crap out of me every day. You know, they said they were making me tougher. And I know, uh, I know about it. My brother went to states in wrestling and got a football scholarship, and he's ten years older than me. And uh, yeah, I think that's what he would do to me. Same thing. <laughs> my, my brother got a football scholarship, but it's. Um, I turned out to be a musician, so a musician and an artist. Well, <laughs> yeah. Although the funny thing is, I'm the only one to ever won any championships. In football. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, but uh huh. So like my older brother would mess with me because he knew he could. He knew that when mom came home that all he had to do was give me that look of if you open your mouth, you're gonna get twice as bad tomorrow when I'm babysitting you, you know? And so he messed with me because he – now, my brother loves me, and I love my brother, so I, I'm not trying to paint a bad picture, but I've no, thought it's, about it's that. Way, Why way would they do this? Brothers, brothers bond, so, yeah. It, yeah, 
But these things, it's like I'm a little brother, and they know they can dominate me, and they know that they scare me, and so they do it. I don't know. It's like they do it because they can. I think they're bored. I have a certain job that I, I'm not. I don't want to say what it is, but when it comes to sitting and watching people, it's very easy to learn who does what, who drives what, who leaves at this time of day, or who leaves. You know, and when you sit and watch somebody, because I believe that's what they do, and I have evidence of it, but. They sit and watch, and they know that I'm the one that saw them, okay? They also know that they took the gut pile from me. And so from then on, it's like when I'm home, it's it's if we're going to mess with the house, we're messing with Dustin. You know what I mean? It's I or don't know maybe, why maybe, they do it. Maybe they associate you with the, the gut pile and the food. And so maybe. Uh, you know, maybe that's where they're they're waiting uh, based on you know that's what a lot of animals do right I mean absolutely that one hundred percent could be it yeah. that's uh I never thought of it as me giving it to them you know because I was in the situation but you know I've never really thought about that that's that absolutely could be it because they got my gut pile that they think that, you know they saw they they saw you. You know, kill the deer, uh, gut the deer, and so they associate you with uh, food. No. That absolutely could be it. See, it's funny. As a human being, you uh, associate because, you know, the, the little games that they play, They it feels sadistic. You know, it, it feels threatening. That's how I take it. But it could just be because they got my gut pile and they're wanting more food. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's. I can't believe I've never thought about it. Like that. That, and that the other thing too right is, it could be it's you know also it's like you're now you are more heightened, aware, your awareness is more heightened, so you're noticing uh, things that you didn't notice or take you took for granted before. So, um, yeah, I you know Oakham's razor, you know what I mean? Always yeah. shoot the most logical. Uh, most reasonable and simplest answer. So if we're dealing with animals here, although they're, they seem like they're very uh, intelligent, I mean, beyond what we can comprehend, uh, still, I mean, <clears throat> they are animals. So they're yeah. going to behave like animals, you know? So, And mm-hmm. I would tell you, you know, if you, if, if uh, you know, they, you fed them a gut pile, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a five course meal. You know what I mean? You're the, you're the chef, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there's uh, there's another which makes, thing which makes it interesting too. You know, as far as and, and you know, those who are uh, who know more about this subject, uh, highly recommend not doing it. But I would imagine in your circumstances, if you were to start to uh, feed these things, they'd probably be more. I don't know. I imagine you'd have more more experiences, but they also, I mean, with kind of creatures like this, the experiences probably turn sour because um, we're talking uh, something that's beyond even a, a bear, Kodiak bear, really. <laughs> so yeah. if you started feeding them, the next thing you know, they'd probably be tearing down your parents' place or whatever. So 
Um, that's that's exactly right. And the uh, I mean, the the problem is, is I never I never wanted these encounters. You know, I've had other people say, "We'll start feeding them." Well, no, because if I fed them one time and I got all this from that, I don't want I don't want any. You know, I'm not going to make it worse. They're not going to get anything from me. And I've told my, my mom and stepdad, don't throw scraps out at night, please. Because I, I asked them um, when I was trying to figure out what was going on. I'm like, dude, you know, does my, I was asking my mom, does my stepdad throw scraps out at night? She's like, well, he used to, or he does every once in a while. I'm like, what does he throw out? And she said, just the, the peels of like a, a watermelon and but they don't get touched and so i chalked that up as well that's not it because they they don't take them um so i don't know man and now that i think about it uh squirrel's my favorite game meat and where i clean my squirrel is where whatever it was spoke the second time um but we they used to have a dog uh it was my stepbrother's dog that stayed outside and uh, he came and he got married and moved into his old place and came and got his dog. And these things started happening after that. So I think they were around before because I had some other things happen, but I don't think they were coming up close to the house until the dog left. Mm-hmm. But it, if I wasn't there, because people ask me, you know, well, how often did it happen? Well, it wasn't like every week or every day, but it's like when it was happening, it would happen, you know, a time or two or three, and then it, it wouldn't for a while. But at the same time, my mom and stepdad, I just don't think they notice. Like, I, I think more things have happened that they just don't pay attention to, which I think is the answer to dealing with these things. You've just got to ignore them. Well, it seems to me that that's, if you look at... uh uh, native culture. Um, you look at uh, uh, even the earlier times, a century ago. A lot of folks, I, I imagine, they dealt with it, but they dealt with it as uh, it's just part of life. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you got to you got to deal with, you got to cope with whatever is in front of you <clears throat> and what's around you. You know, you got to have. But you know, that's interesting though. It's you know talked about why don't you shoot them? Um, why? Why do you think that is? That uh, there, there is no, there are no bodies per se. Um, have you ever thought about that? Shooting them, and uh, if there's bodies, where are they? Yeah, I've thought about it. Um, I, mean, I I believe that I I believe that if you hit this thing in the right spot that it's going to take a dirt nap. Uh, However, I think if you do that, you have a very high chance of any other one that is most likely around coming after you, and you're not going to make it out. Um, There's a spot that SWAT team members train for, and they call it getting your walnut. And what it is is, you know, people think, we'll shoot it in the throat, we'll shoot it in the head, we'll shoot it in the chest. Honestly, I wouldn't shoot at the chest unless it was running at me. And I'm, you know, you're just trying to put target rounds on target. Uh, but it, if it was standing or, you know, I had a, a good, steady, clear shot, 
I'd put that round right in its mouth. And the reason you aim for the mouth is if it's squared up to you and you shoot it in the mouth, and a human being uh, in the back of the mouth, there's a, a target basically the size of a walnut. And that's why, well, the SWAT team uh, that I've trained with and shot with, that's what they called it, getting your walnut. But like if somebody's holding somebody hostage, okay, and you shoot them in the head, uh, if they have a gun to the hostage head, they, you know, their nerves twitching, uh, they, they could pull the trigger. So if you have to shoot, you shoot them in the mouth. And what that does is that severs the brainstem from the spine, and it right. cuts off. And so literally people, police snipers or SWAT snipers that have done this and achieved this, the guys they shot, when they fell, their body locked up so much that their, their feet lifted up and stayed at a you know ninety degree angle as they fell instead of staying on the ground until they fall all the way back because it locks you up. That is where I would shoot one of these things, and I do believe if you put a round right there or in their head for that matter, um, but then you start playing with what caliber does it take. I do believe that these things are are gonna drop one hundred percent. But I'll tell you this: I am very confident in my shooting. I, I shoot 1,000 yards competitively. I actually went and shot today in northern Missouri, um, but I don't want to be the one to squeeze that trigger. No, sir. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to take the chance. Well, you know, I just wonder because, you know, you uh, you hear over and over again this uh, people, you know, competent folks with guns like yourself, uh <clears throat> There's something that happens, like, uh, well, maybe psychologically, we, we they freeze up and they never pull the trigger um, for whatever reason. Um, and I don't know if it's because of just uh, the fear of God that this creature puts in a man. He's just too afraid to, to, to yeah, the consequences, absolutely. you know. It's, it's the fear. You know? And uh, usually with creatures like this, there's always going to, well, not necessarily. Well, it depends on what time of the year, I guess. But um, I imagine there are times, uh, if they're social creatures, where there's going to be more than one. And, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting. It's interesting to think about it. But, uh, yeah, so back to this. So the bait. The uh, the gut pile, probably, uh, and other things. You know, being a hunter, and uh, obviously these creatures are uh, the bare minimum of omnivores, but uh, an opportunist. Uh, they are apparently they like their meat, <laughs> and uh, it seems to be that they're 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 a hunting type of creatures. So, um, yeah. It, what's what what? Okay, well, so let's talk a little bit about. Uh, the difficulty of actually spotting these folks, these things, I should say, should say folks, maybe our folks. I mean, some people say that they feel like it could be some kind of, uh, they could be the Cain, the descendants of Cain. I mean, this is all speculation, so it's kind of pointless to say that, you know what I mean, at the end of the day, where they come from and what they are, but until um, we have an opportunity here. Yeah, what about the government? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, 
what <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, this, this I mean, we, we know, uh, and I don't know how patriotic you are, but no matter how patriotic, patriotic you are, um, we see how much we can really trust these people. I mean, just look at the latest, all the nonsense, the latest election, all the things that are coming out. Um, you think that uh, they've been hiding this for a reason? <laughs> so I will tell you that before my encounter, I trusted the government. I did. And in part of my world getting flipped upside down, another thing, which I understand. So like people who make fun of conspiracy theorists, I used to be one of you. <laughs> um, I, uh, <sighs> okay. So when my world got flipped and I started realizing that the government's lying to me because if a country boy like myself knows that these things are out there, the government knows. I mean, I, there's no absolutely. way. Absolutely. There's absolutely. You, yeah. yeah. You cannot tell me that they do not know. And so then the next question is, why are they hiding? So at first I thought, well, it's the logging, you know, they shut that down, the economy's going to the toilet, yada, 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 whatever. I, I don't believe that anymore. I believe that's part of it. But what I truly believe is when I saw the Bigfoot in 2014, before that, I anybody that said they saw an alien, for instance, I literally inside laughed at. If I met a person... I was laughing inside, and as soon as I walked out, I was talking crap on them about how they're crazy. Same thing. If I had ever heard somebody that say they saw a Bigfoot in Missouri, same exact thing. Um, but I think what the government fears is they fear the chain reaction that happens when you see a Bigfoot. Now, so far, I've never heard anybody give this theory. Um I'm sure I'm not the first one to think of it, but I, it's the chain reaction that happens is once you realize, you know, not, oh, I think Bigfoot's real or they might be real. When you know that they are real, there's a creature out there. Now, whether it's what they call Bigfoot or not, you don't know, but you've seen it. You know for a fact it is real and it is out there and it is where you live. All of a sudden, all these crazy people start getting a little less crazy. You start thinking, well, what about aliens? And now, today, I fully believe that there are aliens. And I think that the government fears these chain of events because they've worked so hard building the reality that I lived in in a small town in mid-Missouri. My own reality was shaped as a child, and so were my parents and family members, and I have broken that, and it sucks. I hate it. I hate not trusting my government. I hate believing and knowing, believing in aliens or knowing that Bigfoot is real because it's uncomfortable, and so I have family members that refuse 
to let me show them the evidence that I've collected, the videos I have, the time I spent out in the woods now because it makes them uncomfortable, and we want to be comfortable. And so I lived in St. Louis during these riots, all the riots that were happening in St. Louis. And I can tell you that a bunch of people who are motivated, whether it be a good reason or a bad reason, scares authority figures. Because well, I, I can of, tell you, I can tell you from my own research when you're talking about uh, what happened there, uh, Ferguson and all that. Yeah, that the the Jesuits and uh, the government were involved in it anyways because they're trying to stoke uh, unrest between the. And keep us uh, uh, balanced. You, you got to understand a few things about government. Conspiracy is its nature to begin with. Uh, also, they're not your friend. They never were. We we have right now an oligarchy ruling this country, and they don't give a rat's ass about you or me. We're just nobodies to them, and they don't have a problem. In fact, it's necessary. It's, if you study political science, it's necessary. The necessary principle of the governed, uh, uh, the governing body, to lie to the governed, the governed body, that's you and I. So that's what they—they're going to lie to you. You're going to more and more. You grow. Uh, you're going to find out that, um, you know, your your government was lied to, lied to you by a lot of things. I mean, Absolutely. I don't have to do much research about 9/11, but 9/11, there's overwhelming evidence um, that. Um, well, let's put it this way. What is the probability? I mean, you know about, you know, a little bit, it sounds to me, about, you know, self-defense and um, offensive maneuvers. How what would there be a probability that 19 uh, uh, Arabs with box cutters could do all that damage? Well, not only that, what's the probability of them, after all that wreckage, finding the passport on the ground? That right. linked them to it. You know what I mean? But it's I get 100% what you're saying, and I'm I'm right there with you. It's right. and, and I don't think that's being uh, uh, non-patriotic because you know you have to decide what your what is your patriot patriotism about. Is it about you absolutely and defending I'll the whole country? You, or is it I love this you? country. I love this country. Um, I hate the government. And I'll tell you, I was a ignorant, <laughs> ignorant person before I saw what I saw. And, you know, that's why I believe that they're covering this up, because just like in Ferguson, they're scared of the populace rioting, of finally being sick of it and saying we, we're not putting up with. That's what they're scared of. And when it comes to, you know, Aliens and Bigfoot. Could you imagine if your little boy was taken by one of these creatures and the government lied to you about it and then 10 years later they come out and say, oh yeah, these these things are real. We knew it. Could you imagine what would happen? Uh, well, yeah. I, well, just uh, I can only imagine... Uh, if they never even had said anything, they never did admit it. I mean, can you imagine? Well, the, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine how we have been betrayed by these people, and they don't care about you and I. And uh, what, what would be the ultimate motive here is um, 
apparently they don't know how to deal with these things. That, uh, that too. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, also, you know, you got to remember, uh, we, uh, we are, this is 200 year old plus country. So it's now at its final stages of being completely and utterly subjected by, uh, the ruling elite, you know, totally, but there's, well, there's still areas that have not been. And, you know, when you are motivating people to colonize a region, an area, well, you don't want to, you, you don't want something like, hey, oh yeah, uh, we're going to have you move here to Southern Florida or Missouri, but just, just to let you know, there's these big beasts. They're like, yeah. friggin', you know, t- up to 12 feet tall and they could break you into like a pretzel. But don't yep. worry about it. Don't worry about I, it. Have, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a perfect storm, and that's what they're trying to avoid is this perfect storm, you know? And, and here's the other thing, too. I notice a lot of times what this is – like you're an outside – outdoors guy, and you spend a lot of time outdoors. Uh, the average person, the way they've de- designed things, our culture today, is that people spend 99.9% of their time indoors. And, they, and they're, you know, they're just going to – you know, the average person, you know, they zip through, uh, you know, where they're driving, you know, on the highway in downtown and they're just busy and they're doing their own thing and they're not really paying attention, like you said, not being aware of their surroundings. And so we become over, you know, disconnected, uh, the vast majority of with the true uh, environment, the true reality of uh, where we live. And so... <clears throat> uh, you know, you look at the native cultures and every single uh, North American tribe has some kind of story about some big, you know, big animal that we're talking about. And uh, why is that? It's because there was such a thing and there is such a thing. Um, then, you know, obviously these creatures are vastly intelligent. I mean, they're extremely intelligent for them to um avoid being captured um just to avoid you know uh, uh the millions of people in this country it says something about them um yeah and then there's the thing about too you know is how many times have things like this happened or uh you know they they've, they've done a lot of covering up about a lot of things yes yeah so and uh you know what happens when a, something like this, like a creature like this, does get shot? Or, <clears throat> I mean, I imagine that uh, there's there's authorities, there's bodies out there. Their job is to cover up any kind of incident. Well, another thing though is, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, the animal that I saw was between 800 and 1,200 pounds. How are you going to get that out of the woods how you know what i mean you have to have a plan in place unless you just shot it right there now i i do believe that they've been hit um and i do believe that there is a cover-up going on but if i had to shoot one now i don't i do know ignorant guys that you know let's say they're sitting in a deer stand and they see something several hundred yards away and they start taking shots at it but if it's close 
I can promise you this. You will not be shooting your gun, I don't care how confident you are, how big your gun is, or how tough you are, unless you have to, unless that thing comes at you. And it is a last-ditch effort to save your own life or your loved one's life. Well, this creature seems to have some kind of ability to cause uh, uh, us humans to... uh, to not do that, to freeze up and not to respond to, uh, I don't know if it's something psychological because, you know, one of the things is the amount of fear that people experience when they're around it. <clears throat> I mean, even, even these old time booger chasers, like, uh, what we were talking about earlier, um, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The two guys, bear and the other guy, Kumbo, uh, Kumbo. Yeah. You know, uh, they pretty much sort of like, well, you know, it's probably <clears throat> they don't even bring a gun with them, right? I mean, <laughs> it's just, there's something that happens to us that we don't want to kill them, which is interesting. Well, I and uh, you know, um, it's fear too. I mean, it's like how how do you prepare yourself for that moment, anyways? It, I mean, exactly. Let me, ask, let me ask you how how would you prepare yourself now that you've had that moment? You you couldn't. The only thing you could do literally is unleash a grizzly bear on somebody, not expecting it. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I think that 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 secret power you're talking about getting us to stop is called it's a it's a thousand pound animal that's standing upright and staring at you. And I mean, you you are in so much fear that I guarantee anyone in that same situation, if I was holding a 50 cal that day, if I had a 50 caliber in that truck with an anti-tank round, I would not have fired it unless that thing came at me. You know, it, it would have, and I don't even know if I would have fired it then. Um, it was just, <laughs> it it's so amazing to see them, uh, but you can't, I don't think there's any way that you can prepare yourself for something like that. You know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to even put in words, but I, I just don't think that you can prepare yourself for something like that because your brain is grasping for any information it has to try to explain what you're seeing and it can't do it, you know? I mean, it's like a, I don't know. I, I don't think you can prepare for something like that. So, so is it like, uh, you know, uh, for me, it's like if I, the only way I can possibly relate to what you experienced is if I think about, you know, the time I saw a grizzly bear or the time I saw a moose. And, you know, it's, you know, uh, you know a herd of elk or something like that. You're just like, you, you're stopping your tracks and you just go, wow. Wow, because you know it's the majestic, it's new, the majestic uh, image that it is. The, this huge animal, seeing it uh, just uh, be itself in in the environment. So I mean, it's I mean, and here's a, you know if you look at people and how they respond to things too. Uh, it's like out uh, Ohio a few years ago, there was a guy that had like uh, one of these. Uh, farms or whatever he's raising you know he had a whole bunch of different types of like big cats and stuff like that and i guess 
something happened and uh, either he died or anyways, they got out and it was a big deal. And they ended up passing laws and all that. But uh, I mean, everyone was, I mean, everybody in, in the whole state was freaking out, you know, oh my gosh, there's tigers running around and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know. I mean, if you've ever talked to anybody who tried to share this, you know, their experience with the authority and how they, uh, the authority responded, because I know that there's, uh, there are guys out there like that, uh, that one guy that, uh, Brent, Brenton, uh, Stalin. yeah, the guy, the, the uh, game warden or whatever he is. Yeah. And, uh, I, uh, and... I've never, uh, never personally talked to anybody, um, that, that's tried to share it with, you know, an authority. Um, you know, I, I've obviously told a SWAT team member, but, uh, it's, I, I don't know anybody personally that I've spoken to that that's tried and, and had it. So I, I don't know about that. Well, you, you know, it would be a very interesting, uh, experiment and study for you would be, would be actually to talk to some of these game wardens, try to find somebody to talk to just to see what the response is. Well, I've share, uh, share share it with other everyone else so that you know, because um, a lot of times you know you learn a lot by doing that too. I mean, uh, the power of that message, you know, if if they're really you know receptive to your message, then that says something. And or if they're not, you know, if they like poo hoo it or just shelf it, um, I mean. Or maybe they'll tell you you can't you know keep it to yourself type of thing. I don't know. I mean, are you do you worry about that sometimes? Or like somebody's going to tell you to shut up about it? Um. Well, <laughs> if if somebody tells me to shut up about it, I I will just speak louder. I mean, I I probably got five ex girlfriends that'll attest to that. But uh, <laughs> uh, well, that's that something right up. there, man. So you you've actually shared this with five ex girlfriends. Is that what you're saying, or are you just saying that? Uh, no, I, yeah, I'm. I'm just saying that uh, they they know I don't shut up. So okay. if, if somebody right. tells me to shut up, it's uh, I, well, I kind of. Have you had that opportunity heels. to share that with, say, somebody your significant other girlfriend? Yeah. How, so. how did they respond to that message? You say, "Hey, man, I, I girl, I've seen something that uh, you just won't believe." Um. And, my current girlfriend, and she does not believe these creatures are real. I will say I could not have dated a more opposite girl than me. Uh, the way she was raised, her beliefs, you know, it, it made Christmas uh, with the family entertaining. But uh, she she does not believe, but yet she has uh, been woken up by me having a nightmare, uh, screaming, I didn't realize I screamed until after I woke up, and uh, she told me that I was screaming uh, while while I was sleeping. But um, so she knows that there's something that I saw something, uh, but she she doesn't believe that Bigfoot's real. She doesn't believe the aliens are real. Uh, she doesn't believe. Well, what does she think they are? She uh, she believes they don't exist. She, <laughs> I I don't know. She uh well, you know, there's different she, approaches. Some like a lot of Christians would say that you know aliens are demons and that uh and this Bigfoot thing is some kind of demonic force. Um uh 
others may say the same thing or different. You know, <clears throat> I one thing you know, if you're waking up with nightmares and you're doing this and you're wasting, you know, I not say you're wasting, but you're spending your Sunday night with a guy you don't even know. <laughs> and Michael Adams listened to Toledo about this. That says something to me. This is that you had an experience that you believe is real so much that you're willing to start a YouTube channel and talk about this. That tells me that whatever happened was real. Because that's, yeah. for something that's unless unless you're working for the government and you're part of some <laughs> military psyops and you're just messing with us. Which, well, if if I am, <laughs> then you go ahead and let them know I'm still waiting on that paycheck because I have yeah. not received that yet. So, so, so yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's like um, bring this up. I mean, it's not like the coolest thing, you know what I mean? No, so. <laughs> no, it is not. I will tell you, my family is you know the classic Pentecostal Christians. Uh, no, I mean, they're very straightforward. They they do not um, waste time in believing in things that aren't real. They they <laughs> I, I will tell you that standing up to my family and finally saying that this that this happened and that. I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to warn you guys because I love you. And, you know, my my uncle who, who taught me hunting, and my grandfather, and my cousin who I've spent more hours in the woods than with anybody else, I'm going to warn you because I love you, and I know you were like me, and you don't believe these things are out there. But I, I'm going to tell you that way if something odd happens, you can be prepared and you can maybe approach it in a different situation because if something happened to somebody I loved because I wouldn't open my mouth, that would be worse than seeing a Bigfoot and never talking about it. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. not fun. It's not cool. I shoot 1,000 yards competitively, and you know I hide it from those people. And I just found out today that one of my buddies is listening to my podcast. And he actually, cool. he's cool. like, dude, I love it, man. He, my wife said that this happened to her. I don't know if they're real, but, man, I know you, and I, I believe in what happened to you. And, you know, it that was awesome, but it's not a cool subject, you know. People laugh, no, you no, know. It's and, it's when, you, when you confront reality, you're not going to meet truth is a lonely warrior. If you confront this, the truth, as you as, um, you know, you're go, you're going to uh, ruffle a lot of feathers, and you're not going to win friends. You're going to well, you'll 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 win different friends, but you will not become the most popular guy around because you threatened them in a lot of ways. And one of it is the most important thing that the people that are driven by is the acceptance of the group to be part of it, and um, to follow the truth will. Uh, well, do you know about the, the Plato's Cave? Mm, no. Yeah, well, we'll look that up, the Plato's Cave. It's a poem. It's a little short story because it's, it's your journey. I strongly recommend you do that. And, yeah, um, um, yeah I mean, go for it. I'm, I I say, man, go for it and pursue the truth, man. The world is much more interesting when you do do that. It's scary. <laughs> it's frightening. 
It's a lonely journey at times, but the world becomes much more interesting. The reality is far more interesting than anything that you will find on television or what the uh, what they taught you in the public fool system, and what the you know. Yeah, open up your open up your eyes. You know what I mean. You know, and, and, and explore. I mean, this is if you know. The thing is, there's thousands of people who are saying this, and slowly, because of guys like you know what you're doing, and you know what Brenton. What's Brenton's full name again? I can Brenton Salwin S A W I N. Yeah, you know, he, you know, Brenton's just a good old boy. But you know what? He, you know, obviously, um, yeah, a lot of people find it entertaining. Okay, that's for sure. You know, storytelling has always been a very important element in the human experience. But there's a certain point when you have to say, man, like everyone's like, either everyone is so desperate for attention and they'll say anything, or uh, people are experiencing this. Now, I live in, in suburbia, so I, you know, it's, I don't have these kind of experiences. Uh, that doesn't mean it won't happen. It just means someday, uh, I mean, I might walk out my front porch and there'll be some something. You know what I mean? I don't know. But other people, people are experiencing this. And why is it? What's going on here? And, you know, this is something, this story of this uh, mountain man, this, uh, you know, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever the many names, uh, has been going on for, and, uh, for a long time. Since recorded history in North America, so... Absolutely. What is what is going on, man? And it needs to be uh, tackled. But I, I, you know what? The one thing I've learned too is that if the mainstream media is involved with it, they're going to usurp it because of their connections with the government and everything else. They're not going to. They're not. You know, it's just like uh, you watch these shows on, uh, you know, whatever the Animal Channel or whatever. I, I haven't watched television in five years, six years now, so I don't remember. But good for you. <laughs> yeah, I've never watched. I got a five and a half year old son that I have most of the time, and I we never even watched a day of of um, of television. So, you know, you do something, buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Entertain yourself. I'll entertain you. I mean, let's learn some stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I can tell it. you that uh, where where you're at, I guarantee guarantee that these things are on the borders of the towns you live in um it's uh that that's what i mean like i said in the very beginning of the show one of the motivations is you know where in my opinion one of the places that i thought that these things would not be and i would be safe because i started taking baby steps you know trying to get back into shooting trying to get back into hunting and both experiences were horrible. Um, actually, the time I went out and, you know, got a squirrel right by the house, it something started banging two rocks together. And, you know, me trying to get out and start shooting again, I found literally just in the wood line of one of the shooting ranges, you know, when you shoot competitively, you do load development, you're harmonically tuning your loads to your barrel, uh, you know, you're you're at the range a lot. You're doing load development and all sorts of stuff. But uh, a footprint and two structures right in the wood line, and I heard a whoop. 
Um, you found a footprint. I mean, There's two structures. Wow. And I, I have videos Gosh. of them on my phone, and it's it's like... How, how close to the, the house? How close to the house were these? Well, th- this was at the shooting range I'm talking oh. about, but um, the, how far away is that? How far away is that from the house? Just how many miles? Oh, this, this is in a different town, completely different town. Different but, county, or yeah, is it? yeah, yeah, different county. But I completely thought that this would be the safe area because no animals going to be around here, and yet I now believe that they sit here every day. And I think if there's a a human element, they watch it. And if there's a dangerous or potentially dangerous human element that they definitely have at least one posted up there at all times. And I, I mean, I, I have proof to back up my theory and experiences that's happened out there, but there's these two massive structures right there. And I guarantee you, I'm the only human being other than the person that I showed and people I've showed my phone, the videos on my phone, that I'm the only one that knows these are there, unless the conservation agents know they're there. But I, I don't think so, not in this particular spot, because I think a lot of them are blind to it. You know, the actual agents that do, you know, the, the patrolling, I think a lot of them are blind to it as well. But these things are right there, and they're hiding right in plain sight. You just have to you know, have the right eyes to see it. And then once you do, you can't unsee it. You can't stop seeing it. And that, oh, yeah. that's, that's what is driving me because I have something to prove and I can show it to anybody. And I want to, you know, eventually my show is going to be podcast. And then I would like to do video encounters. Um, and then I would like to do, you know, show people what I'm doing, you know, out in the woods, how I'm finding these things, what I'm finding about them. But, you know, it's it's easy to prove because it's right there and it's stuff that you cannot dismiss and you cannot explain away with a tornado or nature or people. You know, it's amazing. And, you know, standing in the middle of the town I live in with my cousin one day, we heard one thing on one edge of town roaring and one thing on the other edge of town doing the siren calls back and forth. And we're standing cleaning five squirrels. I was teaching them how to clean squirrels and it's nighttime and we're standing in this small town of less than 2000 people. And we're hearing this go back and forth. The next day I went and I spent two and a half hours knocking on people's doors where I heard the the one roaring, asking people if they heard that the night before. And it was amazing. Not one single person heard it. And it blew my mind because I'm at least a mile away from the edge of town. And I could hear this thing. And it was obvious. And me knocking on these people's doors of where it had to have been, none of them, not one person heard one thing on all the doors I knocked on. And I got to tell you, it's very awkward to knock on somebody's door, introduce myself, and say, have you ever heard anything odd? You know, by the end of it, I had I had everything I was going to say planned out because trial and error of the first couple, but I was motivated because there was somebody that had to have heard it. You know, it. I was like, there's no way I'm not going to get at least five people that heard that last night, but not one of them heard it, just me and my cousin who was 
at least a mile away from both of them, right in the middle of the two. And the one that was doing the siren call, I honestly think it's it's an aggressive call or a territory call because as soon as it would stop, the other one that was doing this roaring would wow. go right at it. And as soon as the roaring would stop, the siren one would like almost interrupt it, kind of like it was mocking it. And they were going back and forth, and I'm like, dude, do you hear this? He's like, yeah, yeah, shut up, shut up. And we stopped cleaning the squirrels, and we sat there and listened to it. It was amazing. And I'm standing in the middle of town, and the person that was with me was the first guest on my show, my cousin Jordan, and he was also with me during the gut pile, but I asked him not to talk about it because I didn't know if I wanted to – I didn't know how I wanted to share my encounters, and I I think I'm going to have him back on just so people know. But, I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing. I'm in the middle of town. And people are so blind and so busy with their day-to-day lives. Me too. The only reason I heard is because we were out back cleaning squirrels, and I was teaching him how to do it. And it's like, this is so obvious. Like, the blindfold that is on people's faces, and that was on mine myself. As much as I hate that it got smacked off, I'm thankful because I was so blinded. And now that I see, I it's like I have to show people, you know? I have to. It's like a responsibility you're given whenever you live, you have people you care about that spend their lives out in the woods hunting, fishing, hobbies, and they might be in danger because they refuse to believe or can't see, you know, the facts of this because it's turned into a joke. I'm sorry, I went on a rant there. I apologize. No, that's, that's great. That, that, I haven't. That, no, it's just obviously that uh, um, the creator of this realm that we live, God, if you call him, uh, is motivating you for a mission to do something. And so, yeah, you need to do it, and you're going to have to face. You're going to face reality in many ways. So. You're going to grow immensely because of this, so I hope you keep it up. Uh, you know, the thing is, I was going to ask you about was when you went back out hunting. Uh, what was what was it like for you, well, emotionally and inwardly, and uh, uh, how were you? What was going on in your head, in your body? Okay, so after you know the gut pile got taken. That's when I started experiencing all the the negative side effects um, to to my sighting, and so the it was either the following year or the year after. I'm I'm not sure here, but I I went deer hunting, quote unquote deer hunting, and I was so scared that I couldn't leave the field. I ended up sitting by the gate and convincing myself that this is the best spot. You know, in reality, I know it's not the best spot, and then I'm not going to see anything. Well, I didn't. Um, and so I, I was like, my, my cousin. You didn't, obviously, you didn't want to see anything. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which, uh, you know, uh, there's signs of fear and trauma. So uh, uh, what uh, what was going through your head? I mean, when you're, what were you afraid of, man? I, I was afraid uh, of everything. I mean, if a if a squirrel moved or I saw any movement of a bird or, I mean, it was just fear. 
And I was also scared of getting a deer because then I knew I had to clean it and drag it out. And it, it was just, I don't even know if I would have shot if I would have saw one. Um, so then I, I got to, you know, my cousin basically called me and had a heart to heart. And it was like, Dustin, you know, the same things that were out there when we were kids out there hunting, just you and me, are, are out there today. And you've got to get back up on this horse. And I'm like, I know, man, I know, I know. He's like, if you want, I'll go out with you. You know, I'll, I'll go out with you. Well, squirrel hunting is my favorite. I enjoy it, and it's my favorite game meet by far. And anybody that knocks it, it's absolutely. Anybody when, I was a kid, when I was a kid, we used to uh, have like a New Year's dinner type thing. We used to go hunting, and you know, one of the, you know, squirrel was always on the on the dinner plates, man. So absolutely. yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Anybody that fun. knocks it haven't tried it. You know, they're scared because it's a squirrel. It's you know, like it is, oh, <laughs> it's it's its own taste, but man, I I love it. But I love hunting squirrel because you can hunt them you know, multiple different ways, you know, with a rifle or a shotgun and the ways you go about that are totally different. So, yeah. um, I've done a well, lot of squirrel the, the hunting. Only, the only, only wild game that I'd never liked and I've uh, tried and I'm one of the few, I guess, a, a muskrat, man, that stuff's, God, that's hard. That's for some tough meat. <laughs> I've never had that. <laughs> we don't have Well, those, well so. you know, we used to trap and oh. there was a little stream that went by there and we had put that, this trap there and, uh, and we'd always end up catching a couple of muskrats. We do have muskrat here, but I've never tried one. I'll have to see about that. But anyway, uh, I, I, I don't recommend it, man. Don't <laughs> it is a, we're eating a rat. Man. It's not any good. Well, um, so I was trying to get back into squirrel hunting, and you know, as a kid, you know, you you learn how to do it, and then. You get a better rifle, better shotgun. Well, then once you get really good at it, it, for me, I like the challenge. And so when I go out now, I use the single shot uh, 410 youth model gun, the first gun my dad ever got me. And that's what I use because I like the challenge of it and the 410 doesn't beat them up. Uh, you know, you don't waste much meat, if any. And so that that's what I went out with. Now I had a Glock on me. Uh, but I told myself, I'm like, okay, Dustin, we're going to walk over here. You're going to get you a squirrel, and you're going to go inside. You're going to get one squirrel, and you're going to go inside. It's like I was trying to take a baby step on my own, you know. And the woods I was going to is the woods I was going to hunt in that one day. So literally, you cross the field, and the woods are right there. So I, I was right, I was close to the house, and. I, I walked to the edge of the wood line, and I was always taught when you get to the edge of a wood line, you sit for five minutes and listen. Because if something's down there that, you you know, you're hunting, you're going to scare it away breaking through the wood line because you can't see it. So, you know, I stop, I sit, and my adrenaline's pumping because I'm scared. And I'm, I'm telling myself, I'm going in, I'm getting one squirrel, and I'm leaving. Okay, so I... I wait my five minutes or so, you know, and I walk in and I stop again and I'm scanning, looking for a squirrel. Well, I see one about, I don't know, 70, 100 yards in the wood line. So I get up in there. Well, he sees me, goes to a different tree. I see the tree goes in. I go over there and I, I get him. I harvested him. Okay. And so I'm feeling pretty good. 
because I, you know, I did what I set out to. Well, I'm standing there, and I walk over to a little knoll where my game camera is up, and I hear a squirrel about a hundred yards further into the woods. And so immediately I stop and I'm looking for any movement because I can hear him and I know he's down there. So I'm looking to see him and boom, I spot him. And so automatically I forgot about going in because I I see another squirrel and I know I can get him. So I'm thinking about going, going after this squirrel. Well, as this is going on to my right, there's a little ravine and something (laughs) takes two rocks and it was clearly either they had two rocks in their hands or they had one rock and was banging it on another rock but something goes clack 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 and it's banging it and it scared me so bad i mean instantly i i thought no way like this isn't impossible this is not what i'm hearing i'm not hearing this and so I take off towards the house. Uh, I'm going and I'm running or I'm kind of jogging uh, down because there's haulers. You know, I'm going down and up and I'm not too far from the wood line. And this thing is, it's not in between me and the wood line, the distance it is, but it's farther ahead of me, like towards where the, the second squirrel was that I was looking at. Um, but it is over closer to the wood line than me. And I'm looking, and so I, I run and I stop because I, I end up convincing myself that's not what I heard. That is not what I heard. So I stopped, and I'm kind of, you know, breathing because I, I wasn't running, but I was kind of a slow jog. And as I stopped, and I look over towards where it was, and as soon as I do, clack, 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 it starts again. And I just took the sign. I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. And I, I went to the house, and it shocked me because that was the first time other than quote-unquote deer hunting when I was too scared to leave the gate that I tried to do something. And it happened. I mean, and it blew my mind because it's broad daylight. It had to have been there because I know nothing walked up on me, and it was – where it sounded like it came from was this ravine that has this creek that leads to this lake that's uh, down the woods off a bit of a ways. Like in the fall time from where I was standing, you can see a piece of it way down there. But um, it just blew my mind because I'm like, why would they do that? You know, the first time I try to go out, there's something out there. How many times have I went squirrel hunting in my life? and never experienced anything why would it do it this time why would it do it this? you know and it, it was playing with my head and for a while i was questioning are these things supernatural you know i i don't believe that they are but it was it took that that first baby step and it threw me back 10 steps you know it was um oh they it felt like i was being tortured do you? Uh, yeah, well, I can imagine that would be. I mean, it just kind of ruins your, ruins your, your experiences. I mean, <laughs> outdoors, you're always, uh, you're, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, could it be possible? Um, 
that uh, because of that experience, it, it heightened your awareness to and now you notice things that you never really pay attention to. Maybe you always thought they were just falling branches and you know what it's like being out in the woods. You're always hearing things. I mean, there's there's there is there is also this kind of a I must say, from my memory, and even if I go in the woods by myself, there's a, a, a kind of mysterious, magical uh, feeling. I don't know. That, I don't know what else to say except that the, uh, because it's um, I don't know. I mean, I always, you know, when I go in the woods, I I, I always am. Become much more. I don't know. It's sometimes I wonder if it's because of the Cherokee Indian enemy or something like that. But I've always been. The moment I'm in the woods, I'm looking around, man. And it's not because I'm paranoid. It's just because it's just instinctual. And could it be that because you had this experience, now you're you're heightened. You have a higher awareness, a heightened awareness. The only could thing with that though is that it was so loud, and it was so obvious. I think even. If this had happened before, I may have walked over there to see what it was because it was loud. Like it was a powerful banging of a rock against a rock. I mean, it was obvious. It was not a tree. It was not a stick. Like oh, I yeah. don't. I, I'm not saying that your experience is not real. They're not doing that. I'm saying that because you had the experience, now you've reckoned, you're recognizing it more than you before. You might have dis, dismissed it as what I'm saying. Like yeah. Something natural, you know, a, a rock, uh, just some animal moved it or whatever, you know, whatever, raccoon or whatever, you know. Although in the middle of the day, a squirrel, won't, you don't see raccoons, do you, really? Um, that's not a good argument. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it uh, it must, I mean, it must, uh, does it, uh, I mean, walking out your front porch, does that, uh, are you, you are automatically, you know, until you get in the car kind of thing. Are you looking around kind of thing now? I mean, in, I, I mean, in the middle of town or in the middle of a city, if I step outside, if I'm in the house and it's nighttime and there's a window that's not covered, I and I don't have a curtain. I will take magnets off the fridge and paper towels and get that window covered. Yeah, so, I yeah, used to saying that with the interview with a friend. Uh, so yeah, I mean these. This is something. This is something that really did happen to you. For you to have these kind of responses and and a reaction tells me you had an experience. Have you ever noticed uh, when you're driving along like a highway and somebody's driveway, they have those red reflector lights? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So normally they'll put one on each side. So let's say it's on a curve. As you're going around the curve. Sometimes they look like they're side by side. Even at nighttime, when I see any sort of reflection off the side of the road, instantly I jump. I mean, it's even driving, it affects me. And for my job, I drive a lot. And, you know, there there's all sorts of little things that you never noticed before that you start noticing because it's like that or like on um, power lines. The boxes on power lines have a little piece of reflective tape on them that when you're driving at night, if you hit it just right, they'll they'll glint for just a second depending on the angle of the box. Um, you know, even stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. I'm always 
have a heightened awareness because of fear. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really normal natural response. It reminds me of my father and how he was after the war, and uh, he would have nightmares. I mean, he's uh, my mom. You know, she's told me stories. You know, I was before I was born, but uh, him waking, her waking up, and him choking, him choking her. <laughs> wow, you know what I mean? So, I mean, this to have these kind of responses that you're having, it tells me you had an experience that was very traumatic. And I can only imagine that most people did have these kind of experiences. I mean, I, I know. I mean, I think about these other guys that, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it changes your life, doesn't it? It's very dramatic. I mean, it's, it's, it's a spiritual, psychological, um, altering event that just doesn't happen normally. I mean, it's not like, you know, watching a horror movie and having a, a yeah. little nightmare. I mean, this is something that's beyond that, right? So, Yeah. Is it okay if I share one more thing with you? That, oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely, man. I'm enjoying this. I'm having a lot of... I, I, in, in, a, in a sick way, I'm having fun, but I, maybe it's because... Yeah, no. uh, I know I'm having... It's not that I'm, fun, I'm having fun. I, I find this very um intriguing and and it, it's it's turning out to be um because once you realize you've been lied to about just about everything i mean for me now i mean especially from the official narrative i'm like man i'm all ears man because this is probably a lot of truth in what you're saying you know absolutely and I, uh, I mean if i was a betting man i would bet on you it's what your story is true well, point. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate and I never that. had that experience, but I've had other experiences of my own that uh, are, you know, like, uh, how could this possibly be? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so go ahead, Dad. Share, share the. <clears throat> what you were asking me earlier, you know, do you think this, because of what you saw, you know, that your awareness is heightened? And uh, there's an encounter that happened with me, my best friend. Actually, he was the uh, second guy. Uh, episode two, TJ was there. He didn't hear anything, but uh, my stepdad and my stepbrother. So uh, TJ was starting to believe, you know, what was going on. Um, he believed that I saw something that affected me, but still kind of on the fence about the Bigfoot thing. Wasn't sure. But my stepdad and stepbrother 100% did not believe it because they grew up on this property where, where I saw this. But So my stepbrother, I believe this was last deer season, um, was going to hang up a stand, and he asked me if I could help him. And it was a, a homemade stand, and so that means it was heavy. It was a one-piece ladder stand that was heavy because they made it out of scrap metal. <clears throat> asked me if I would help him hang it. So I said, sure. Um, is it just going to be me and you? And he's like, yeah, you know, dad might come. But um, I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll call TJ and see if he'll help us. So TJ says yes. Um, we go out there. My stepdad comes out and says, you know, ask where my stepbrother's at. And I'm like, oh, are you helping? He's like, yeah. So we're all standing there waiting on him. Uh, he ends up showing up late. 
So it's getting close to dark. And, you know, the running joke in my family is I'm like, I turn into a pumpkin at, at dusk. So whatever I do, I got to be inside before it gets dark. And I told him that when he asked me, I'm like, as long as we do it in the daylight, I'm fine. Like, and he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Well, ends up he's late. So we get out there and this is the same woods that I was squirrel hunting in. And, you know, I said where my game cam was, well, this is pointing toward that. It's within 50 or 60 yards of that. And so it's just in the wood line. We drive the pickup down. Uh, we put a pulley up in the tree or we throw a rope over and we end up tying the truck, the front of the truck, to the rope to pull the stand up in the tree and then we're going to put chains on it and straps on it to hold it in place. So by the time I'm in the truck, it's my stepdad's truck, and I'm the one who's backing up. We pulled it down in the hauler, and we're backing up up this hauler and pulling this deer stand up. So we get it up, you know, and they're messing, trying to get it adjusted right in place. Well, it's dark. Like, it's it's pitch black dark now because we got started, like, just before the sun went down and we're standing there and I'm, I'm nervous and I'm nervous because I'm, because of what happened and what I know is out here. So I, I brought my Glock because I'm not going out there even in the daytime without some sort of firearm. And I'm the only one that had a firearm. So if you can imagine it, there is a hillside that we're standing on. The truck is facing downhill. It's got a rope attached to uh, the deer stand because once we got it up there I left the rope on the truck in case the deer stand slipped you know whoever's up there the truck's going to hold it up there no matter what so the truck's running mind you the lights are on my stepdad is down on the truck side of the tree on a ladder my stepbrother is at the top of the deer stand and they're strapping it up I'm standing closest to the truck and TJ standing in between me and the tree. The truck is an injected 350, okay? It's got a very recognizable rumble, okay? I'm standing there, and I am thinking that I'm hearing footsteps. Sounds like if I'm standing, you know, facing the tree, the truck is to my 8 o'clock, maybe my 7.30, and it sounds like the footsteps start at about my 8.30, uh, probably, I, I don't know, on the edge of the wood line, and it sounds like they're walking in a circle, okay, and it's coming up to, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Well, I, I'm hearing what I, I think are footsteps, and automatically I'm telling myself, oh, Dustin, you're just scaring yourself. You need to calm down. It's the sound of the truck you know, cackling that you're thinking you're hearing this, okay? So at first, you know, I start hearing it, and, it, you know, I barely hear it, so I'm talking myself out of it. Well, as it gets around to where it's, like, in front of the truck, but it's still a ways off, and it, it did a big circle around us, okay? So as it's coming around, I'm hearing it, and I'm hearing twigs snap, and it sounds like bipedal footsteps, and it's, like, whatever it is, is loud, and it doesn't care. It's not trying to be quiet. And it's going, 
and it's breaking sticks, and I'm hearing it. And once it gets around the truck, it's taking a few steps and stopping, taking a few steps and stopping. And so TJ was taking little pieces of sticks and throwing them up at me, trying to mess with me, trying to scare me. And I told myself, I'm like, I know I'm hearing this now. Like, I I know I'm hearing it, but I'm not going to say anything because I'm the crazy Bigfoot guy. I'm not saying anything. So it's coming around, and when it gets to about my 11 o'clock, it's like it's very loud and very obvious. It gets all the way up to about 11.30, and then it stops, and it starts coming straight in at us. Well, right there is a there's a big tree to my left with a bush, and TJ had this little keychain light, keychain flashlight. And I'm like, TJ, give me your give me your keychain light. And he's like, what? I'm like, give it to me. He's like, what is it? I'm like, nothing. Just give it to me. And I hear this thing coming in on us, and the footsteps change. It's no longer making these long crunching footsteps. It's going. And it sounds like it is now like like it's tiptoeing and it, it's moving its feet are moving faster and for shorter spurts. So it's like sit for you know thirty, forty-five seconds. Where before it was making very obvious bipedal footsteps. I mean clear as almost clear as day, except I got this truck running. TJ can't hear it, but he's not listening for it. And I think that's the only reason. I wasn't listening for footsteps. I was hearing something and hearing something, and then I noticed these are footsteps because once it got up in front of the truck, it, it was obvious. And so it's coming in, and I start shining this light on this tree, and it gets into where... I'm at the point where I'm like, why can't I see this? And once it gets to that point, it stops, and it doesn't ever make another sound again, but I've already drawn my pistol. And TJ looks up at me, and I can see his face, because he can tell, because he was trying to, like, scare me, because he's throwing little sticks at me. And he could tell that I was serious, and I'm about to shoot this gun. But I still haven't said anything other than give me that light. And because I told myself, I'm going to shoot before I say anything. And my stepdad and stepbrother are still up in the tree. And my stepbrother, thank you, God, that he said this. Because, I, again, I was not going to, because I was not going to play into, you know, Dustin's the crazy Bigfoot guy. He was the first one to say it. Uh, and then we all thought we heard something. My stepbrother goes, uh, guys there's something big and it's moving right at us. And at this time, my stepdad had came down the ladder was standing at the base of the ladder. And he goes, no, where? Just like that. And my stepbrother goes right where Dustin's pointing that light. And my stepdad's like, what? And he gets in the truck and he's got this little plug in spotlight that goes into the cigarette lighter. And he gets it and he shine the light. And I tell him, I'm like, Brandon, I'm happy you said that, man, but you need to get down, and we need to get out of here. And, you know, my stepdad and teacher are like, what is it? Where is it? I'm like, it's right behind this tree. And so he's shining the spotlight, 
as best he can because there's that big bush around this tree. And this tree is probably a good two and a half to three foot across. And it's a big oak tree. And he's shining light. He's like, "Where, Dustin, what were you hearing? What were you hearing? I'm like, I heard it back here. And it walked all the way around, came up. And then once it got like behind that tree, it was far away. And it started coming in at us. But it was pitter-patter. And I'm like, dude, let's go. Let's go. And so he throws the last strap on. We all get in the truck and leave. Never saw anything. I believe 100% that that was a bipedal creature, whatever it was. And, I mean, if it was a deer, we had the truck running, the lights on, four guys talking, making a lot of noise, putting that deer, up in the Deer stand. wouldn't do that. Deer exactly. Wouldn't do that, but what's know? funny is, so later, this was a few days later, um, you know, we went back and told everybody, and uh, my stepdad and TJ said that they didn't ever hear anything, but Brandon heard it, and I never, oh, I'm sorry, uh, my stepbrother heard it, and he, he, I asked him, I'm like, what, what did that sound like? He said, it sounded like some, a person was sneaking up. It just sounded big, and they were coming right towards us, and so a couple of days later, I asked uh, one of their family members that owns the property touching this property. And I asked him, I'm like, hey, did uh, you know my stepdad tell you what happened the other night? And he was like, I can't remember if he said he did or didn't, but uh, I think I either he did tell him or I told him real quick what happened. And it's very funny what he said. Now this is the property touching this property, like the that path where it turns to go to the east field, that fence right there. On the other side is this guy's property. And then, so I, I asked, asked him, and he ends up saying, um, you know, it's funny, which I, I think he was disputing, and he was saying, oh, well, that's deer. I was like, well, why do you say that? But he tells me, well, you know, if you come down here at night, and you pull in the middle of the field, and you shut your lights off, and you shut your truck off, now it's got to be nighttime, and you roll your windows down, it, the deer will come right up to your truck. Now, you won't see them, but you'll hear them come up. He tells me that, and it just blows my mind. And I'm like, what do you mean? So if you pull up in your field at night, you shut your lights off, you shut your truck off, and you roll your windows down, that you will hear deer come right up to your truck, but you won't see them. And then when you turn your lights on and turn around, there won't be anything in the field. He's like, yeah, yeah, deer will come right on up. Uh, I've done it a couple times. I've had it happen a couple times out here. And it just blew my mind because I'm like, this guy is experiencing these things. And he thinks that these are deer coming, wild, white-tailed deer coming up to his truck at night. And then when he turns on the light and spins around in the field, that he doesn't see him standing there. Now, to me, that makes no sense. No, it sounds like cognitive dissonance, denial. Um, but that's, uh, you know, I, you know, if you're not expecting it, and you know, and you don't uh, <clears throat> believe such things are real. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you say it's deer? But that doesn't make sense. To, that doesn't sound like deer behavior to me. I mean, um, they're usually very skittish around human beings. Unless the guy, unless it's there, you know, they get accustomed to um, whoever, and maybe they, you know, they expecting to get some kind of free handout or something. I don't see why a deer would ever want to come uh, to a car, a vehicle that has a human being in it. Yes, no, I, can, and, I, I, I can see like smaller critters, you know, a skunk and that kind of thing. But uh, it doesn't seem to, normally, it doesn't seem that way. Something that's it, funny is if you go in the city and you see a squirrel, because I've argued with people, you know, about hunting squirrel, and the this person that I argued with was from the city and like, where's the sport in that? You know, you can come and you can literally sit right next to the squirrels in the park. That's not fair. Okay, well, squirrels or any animal, deer, like you were saying, that are fed and aren't worried about humans hunting them, absolutely. But even the squirrels down here, if a squirrel sees you from 200 yards out walking across the field, they bolt. They, I mean, they are wild squirrels, wild deer. These guys out here are farmers. Deer that eat their feed get shot. You know, right. they don't they don't play. They they don't feed animals, they don't pet animals, but what got me is he said they'll come up, but you won't see them. So by the time you turn on your truck and spin around, you're not going to see the deer. You know, it's just uh it's amazing how ignorant people are, and I don't mean ignorance as an insult. It's, oh, it's a state co- of it's awareness. Cog- it's cognitive dissonance. It's, uh, Absolutely. It's denial. Um, you know, we can go back to like a different example. You know, you know people say about what's going on with the government and all that, you know, or um, that the government would lie to you, you know. It's cognitive dissonance. It's denying the reality of what's before you, right before your eyes. Because so. you don't want to believe it. Why would anybody want to believe that there's that I mean, it kind of ruins your hunting experience, doesn't it? <laughs> it not just mine; it ruins my nephews. Who I I look at my nephew as as a son. I mean, he's he's very near and dear to my heart, but it it ruins his because my plan is to pass on what I know to him. You know, that's part of the motivation for me to get back out because I want to teach him these things. Um, but it, you know, it, it does, it ruins everything, everything having to do with the outdoors or walking from your door to your house, to your car at night, even. Yeah, I can only imagine. And you're talking about like I, my son, all the things that I've learned over the years is like, what do I actually share my son, share to my son? Because, you know, the, how about, I know an awful lot of, you know, there's a lot of bad things in the world, you know? And, uh, you know, you don't want to crush people's spirit and all that kind of stuff. So, you don't want to have ruin their their life experience. But I guess there's times you got to be real about things. And if this is happening, um, and it's happening to you, it's happening to other people. And maybe it's time really for people to really take uh, this topic more seriously, instead of being uh, 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 some kind of uh, novelty, some kind of uh, 
fascinating, interesting story that tickles the sensations. Maybe it's time that we uh, say, you know what? Maybe there is a lot. There's a lot, you know. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's real. You know. I mean, you hear you, you listen to these uh, guys like um, the outlaws and all that, and they talk about their childhood and you know, boogers in the trees and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of comical when you first hear this stuff, but the more and more you think about it. I was like, well, <clears throat> either these guys are part of some giant psyop and they're getting paid to do this stuff, which they're really good at, and they're really good <laughs> actors, or you know what? The problem is there's so many people, and you know, yeah, the fact of the matter is you're gonna we, if you haven't figured out, you, human beings are really good about keeping secrets. They'll, they'll say otherwise, but uh, no, they're really good. We're really good about keeping secrets, especially if. Uh, somebody, you know, an authority who says, you know what, this is hush hush. Don't talk about it. This is, you know, uh, need to know basis. This is, uh, uh, you know, maybe it's a national security issue type of thing. You know what I mean? There's a lot of reasons that people just won't tell other people what happened. I mean, my father, uh, you know, the, his experience. And Vietnam, he would never talk about it. The only reason I know anything about it is because the letters that he sent my my mom while he was there. He wouldn't talk about it. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we hide. We're just not going to tell other people. There's things that we do, whether we're ashamed of or we're uh, embarrassed of or we're just, we don't want to deal with the consequences of, of opening up our mouth. And this is one of those issues. And so one has to ask the question, uh, you know, because it's, it's even that you look at the, the, the uh, what's on television and these, these, you know, these supposed, you know, Bigfoot shows. <laughs> I really believe they're, they're government psyops because they never find anything. And they make the guys look like idiots. Yeah. And like they're, they're, they're just, you know, grown men, you know, having, uh, you know, some kind of, um, I don't know midlife crisis type thing, you know, but uh, obviously they're not doing justice to the cause if so many other people and from different walks of life are talking, they're saying that they had this experience and it's not something that's pleasurable. It's the complete opposite. It's not like anything. It seems sensational to those of us from the outside looking in because, you know, it's easy for me to dis- dismiss you. I never had Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But, you know, you got to have some kind of humanity and compassion for people. You got to understand that if, you know, uh, if, you know, if somebody like you is going through, you know, <laughs> this kind of traumatic experience, I mean, that's, that's because something real happened. I mean, they'll try to make it out that it's something, you know, imagine it's just, you know, vain imagination, stuff like that. But, um, uh, I mean, the more and more you learn about things, the more you realize there's a there's a lot of truth to things like mythology that they hide um, and stories from from the past that they have um, systematically have caused us to become more and more disassociated with the realm of reality that we live in. So. I think it's been awesome. I I really enjoyed this, uh, uh, Dustin. I think I I, uh, I hope and uh, pray that your uh, show will. 
be successful, you get a lot out of this and you get some good therapy out of it. You find some good friends. Um, you hopefully you realize you found a friend in me. Anytime you want to talk, anytime you want to be on the show and say, Hey, this is, you know, I need to, to talk. I want something to talk. I have something to listen to. I'm there, man. So same why, here, Michael, same here. I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me on the show and contacted me, and uh, I, I really enjoyed this interview as well. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so it's, this is Dustin, and uh, you got you got a uh, uh, new recording coming up t- and tomorrow, is that what it is? A new tomorrow, I'll, well, I'll be releasing the uh, part two to Mark Zasky's interview. Hey, Mark seems like a pretty interesting guy himself, man. Those crypto PTSD folks, check it out and uh, uh, subscribe and help um, help us get us on this way and help him in his journey. Um, Dustin, just stay on it. I'm going to end the recording. All righty. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.